Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Mean Green Nation podcast. Welcome to it. It's Sunday, and, uh, well, we are going to talk about the game. Another loss for your North Texas Mean Green. Um, I think that the losing has got people a little, what's the word, um, excited, uh, but in a negative way. You know, it's it's got everybody talking about firing people, um, you know, quitting this, quitting that. Uh, and I think we should just reset a little bit. Um, but, you know, let, let's kick it off from the top, I suppose. Uh, North Texas lost 41-31. Before on our Wednesday preview podcast with Aldo, who's not here with me this morning, scheduling conflict. Um I think I said like 41-38 was going to be the score, you know, something like that. Uh, Aldo said something similar. Basically, we thought, hey, we're not going to be able to slow this team down too much, but uh, we think we can get some scores on them. We think we can move the ball on that team. Uh, that was largely correct, right? That's basically what happened. North Texas was able to move the ball. I think, all told, the offense outgained their offense. Now, some of that is, you know, because North Texas kept giving them short fields and whatnot. So uh, you can't just look at the box score. That's not going to tell you everything. Um, I try to kind of hit on that a little bit in the game recap because uh, I was just kind of going through. And I didn't mention uh, some of the overthrows or the the drops by the wide receivers because you don't really see that, right? You don't see that, oh, it could have been. There's a lot to like from the offense. Um yeah, there were some criticisms of it, and we'll we'll talk about some of those criticisms on, um, you know, in a second. But I think what's important to to note at, at the highest level is that the offense is in a good, they're in a decent spot. Let's say, I liked that they played Ani through it all. Right, one of our criticisms was, hey man, this dude or any dude, right, Jason Bean, if he's out there, you can't. We have to look over your shoulder every time you make a mistake, right? Like playing quarterback is such a high stress position, and it takes there's a lot of feel to it, right? There's a lot of moving parts that you really need to have, um, you know, some some confidence in your in your coaching staff, right? You need to have some freedom to fail a little bit uh, to make a mistake and bounce back. And the second part of all of that was that we we felt like the only way to get better, right, as a as a quarterback is to make mistakes. We pointed out how Mason Fine struggled early um in his uh, early in his career and early and often in uh in the uh, you know, just every game basically his freshman season. And that ultimately made him the the best quarterback uh that he could be. So we need that Ani or Bean, to get the reps, to make the mistakes, to make the horrible turnovers, uh, to make the horrible overthrows, to miss the reads, and get a feel like uh, for what the game is going to be like. Uh, that's the deal. So, I like that Ani, who struggled mightily there, um, played well ultimately right throughout the game. Like, he, he didn't, he's not going to, you know, get down on any talk shows or anything like that. He's not going to be in a Heisman race or anything. But... He definitely showed some 
things, right? He could be a good Conference USA quarterback, right? He could put up some numbers. He, I think he threw for like 300-something yards. It was all good, right? He, he, You could see some good things from the offense. For me, the biggest thing was that the receivers are wide open, right? Uh, it's one thing to be like, well, he's making bad decisions with the ball, but it's hard to see who's going to be open or something like that, right? You can see pretty much everybody open almost all the time. It's pretty great. Um, and I think long-term when Ani or Bean, but probably Ani seems like, starts finding those guys regularly when he sees, you know what, this guy, my dude, can beat his guy pretty much every time. Pretty much every time. That North Texas is going to really, uh, you know, be explosive. That's that's the thing to look out for, right? When we're criticizing the offense, when we're, we're following the development of the team, like are they hitting those milestones? For me, that's what they're doing. Um, you expect to see mistakes, right? False starts, this, that, and the other um, early, and then you, you expect to get that cleaned up, and then later on some of the other things uh, become more consistent as everything becomes a little bit more of a routine. Um, again, Southern Miss is not that great. Um, so we can't take too many things away. We can't say, oh, well, you know, we can take on the best defense in America. But, again, we don't have to take on the best defenses in America. The most difficult, the toughest defense that North Texas will face this season on the schedule is UAB. Uh, everyone has struggled against UAB. Uh, no one needs to uh, overly impress against them. But long-term, you know that UAB is going to have a good defense. Marshall's going to have a good defense. And there's probably one or two others that, you know, is going to step up, have some real talent or something like that. Like last season, um, Southern Miss was one of those squads, right? They had a good defense. So, you know, like consistently, it's going to be a UAB, that kind of thing. Every once in a while, LaTeX going to have a monster defensive back or a defensive lineman or something. Uh, you know, like UTSA a couple seasons ago had a ridiculous defensive lineman. Um, and, you know, recently they've been kind of a sip. So my point is that's the that's the consistent opposition, right? That's who you have to out-recruit and think about when you're, you know, planning for how good your offense is going to be. Obviously, you want your offense to be as good as it can be. But when you're thinking about, hey, what is a level that it's going to take to win a trophy around here? That's it. You need to beat a UAB, right? How do we overcome a team with a dominant defensive line, a uh, uh, you know strong linebackers and good secondary play, right? How do we overcome that at the level of Conference USA talent? Well, we need to do X, Y, Z, right? So, um, in that respect, Seth Luttrell has shown that he can build teams that do that, right? Um, that uh, that time in Birmingham a couple seasons ago, North Texas was up 21-10 at halftime or something like that, right? Against a really good UAB defense. The problem was that in the second half, North Texas couldn't do anything. They also turned the ball over. And they kind of ran out of ideas, right? That, that was the issue. So um, what we're looking for as we follow Seth Luttrell is an evolution in that respect, right? Uh, we need those ideas to evolve. We need him to find solutions to those problems that he faces uh, because he's come up against Bill Clark a number of times now, right? Uh, he's got the one win where UAB nearly came all the way back, right? Um, and then he's lost the last 
couple uh, otherwise. So improvement there is needed, right? Um, in this one, Southern Miss was, was down a few players, more than a few players. So I don't really buy the excuse that North Texas was down a few guys. We didn't have it. They made the decision to go with, uh, you know, a lot of freshmen, um, like basically recruit from high school and build a program that way. You expect them to make some mistakes, but you expect them to make some plays too, right, to get better. Um, that's that's the goal. What we saw, what we saw yesterday was a little bit of that development, right? We saw them execute at times. They stopped Southern Miss. They got an interception. Uh, Quinn Whitlock played a couple balls pretty well. Um, you know, we saw a little bit of what we expect to see, of what we expected to see, right? The development in this team. And that's being down a couple guys and, you know, whatever. Overall, I thought the defense played okay. I think a uh, friend of the show, uh, Greg Godecker, I think he's a... He changes it every once in a while, but it's like Mean Green Report or something like that. Um, he was saying on Twitter that he thought that they played well enough to win. I don't disagree. I mean, they didn't play great. I don't want to, you know, high-five somebody and say, yes, you've met the standard. You know, you have completed learning. Because that's not the case, right? They, they're still pretty bad. The team is pretty bad, especially when you put them with a mistake-prone offense, mistake-prone special teams. All that's pretty bad. And, uh, you know, so... Let's not sugarcoat anything. Um, we want them to improve. Uh, please do not allow 68-yard touchdowns uh, with the with the secondary mistake. Yet again, it happened. Uh, it reminded me a couple seasons ago where well, it was more than a couple seasons now. I've been watching too much Mean Green football. Where I think it was in uh, like McCarney's second, third season, where North Texas was just biting so hard on the play actions that the next thing you saw was everybody was doing play actions. And then like a couple of years ago, uh, Nate Brooks is biting hard on double moves. And so then everybody incorporated a double move in like the first five, six plays of, of offense. Um, that's the thing. That's a great thing about this league, right? Is that they're not going to let you not get better. You know what I mean? Like you need to get better or you need to get off the field. That's what's going to happen. Um, cause if you have trouble guarding an offense's, uh, basically elaborate play action plays that, uh, Southern Miss basically acted like they were going to sweep one way, quarterback rolled it the other way, and then found a wide open dude. Uh, it's a pretty common play, like the concept, um, they executed it well, uh, but North Texas bit super hard on it, right? Quinn Whitlock, I think he was supposed to stay with his man, but he's like, oh, uh, he read run, shifted off this dude and tried to set the edge. Cam Johnson, I think, did something similar. I don't know everybody's rules on the play, uh, but somebody somewhere is supposed to guard the guy streaking down the field, even as just uh, just in case. You know what I mean? So that didn't happen. 68-yard touchdown to start, start the second half. Non-good, ladies and gentlemen. So um, the defense, again, Played well, uh, got the interception. There was a stretch there from like the second and third quarter where they got enough stops that you felt like North Texas had a chance to get back in the game. Um, but for the special teams. And I think that, that squad was the worst of the worst today. Um, like, 
I'm not a special teams coach, right? And uh, my experience in special teams is from like a thousand years ago, uh, and it's irrelevant, right, at this level. But I will say that I think that overall, um, North Texas has been pretty bad on special teams for the duration of Seth Luttrell's career. There have been some bright spots, no doubt, right? Everybody remembers the fake, uh, fake, you know, fair catch against Arkansas. Um, but fewer people remember that we allowed two kickoff returns to, uh, what's his name, Isaiah something on Old Dominion. He returned two touchdowns against us. That North Texas has had issues, you know, returning kicks, uh, fielding kicks, uh, defending kicks, defending punt returns. It uh, it can be pretty bad. And then this game, you had a, uh, I don't even know what to call it. It was not like a muff, but they had a miscommunication. It looked like Asher Aberling well, like waved off the ball and Nick Smith was supposed to come up and field the kick off. Uh, what happened was nobody got the ball, so Southern Miss just basically got an onside kick. And that can't happen. Right, they're kicking the ball off to you. You got to get it. That's one of the most basic things of football, and North Texas couldn't execute it. Uh, later on, in uh, on a this is a huge play when I think the everything turned. I mentioned the interception. Jack Abraham threw an interception to Michael Sanders. I think it was like the third time that North Texas defenders got the their hands on the ball, like two hands maybe, uh, and um, I think they had a very similar one last week against. Uh, well, two weeks ago against um, um, uh, Shane Bouchel, but they dropped that one. This time, Michael Sanders grabs a ball, interception. After he bobbled it, like he hit, it hit his hand, and he kind of did that whoop, 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 whoop. Uh, but anyway, he got it. Interception. North Texas in a good spot, but they go three and out. Okay, fine. Punt. Pin him at the two. You feel good, even though North Texas had not been able to like shut anybody down, right? You're not going to get them in the three and out. If I remember right, I don't have the notes or the stats in front of me, but I think they got him in a three and out one time. Um, anyway, force a punt. Uh, you let him drive really far, but force a punt. You feel good, okay. Um, Jalen Darden's back. He says that he was pointing to his guys to clear the area out. Uh, they didn't see him. Ball hits 85, I think, uh, and I forget who 85 is. So Darden's like, you know, holy crap, let me try to dive on this ball and, and, and uh, you know, save the situation. He's unable to do it. USM recovers, you know, touchdown a couple play, plays later or whatever. Uh, that's, that's to me, that was a game, right? Because I think that put them up by 17. Now, North Texas had plenty of chances after that, um, but they kind of lost the momentum that they had gained from – like the mid-second quarter. That's where the game goes, right? No moment is uh, everything, but uh, a mo a given moment can have a huge impact, right? You know, like everything is important. Um, you know, if you get a first down, then maybe they don't score this, that, and the other, whatever. Uh, so you can't really play that game. I don't like pointing it to any one specific play, but I think that was the last of the really good chances North Texas had. Uh, later on, Southern Miss did a great job of just killing the clock. And, you know, like I said, North Texas's defense is pretty vulnerable to the kinds of things that 
it seems like teams are going towards now, right? Like the let's line up and run at you. They got an eye formation, you know, like something that used to be pretty standard in college football and football in general, uh, but is exceedingly rare nowadays. Uh, they got an eye formation and they ran right at the main green and were successful in doing so, right? I think um, USM had struggled running the ball up to this point, but uh, they ran it pretty well in this game. Same kind of complaints I have about the defense in this one where um, uh, they there were just guys getting touched eight yards down the field on uh, Frank Gore Jr., who, by the way, did you know he is son of Frank Gore, NFL uh, running back? Um, anyway, he uh, his first touchdown came after it was an 11-yard run, and he was hit first time eight yards down the field. Uh, I'm not counting the Isaiah Whitlock just basically high five he gave him as he ran by him because uh, no, that wasn't going to stop anybody. But the first guy that attempted to make a tackle was um, eight yards down the field, and he he got ran through. I mean, he had a head of steam. He runs through that tackle. Uh, no big deal. Uh, we did see some good things, like I said, from the defense. Uh, not really any pressure on the quarterback. But they did get an interception. They did get their hands on some passes here and there. They did enough. They forced some punts uh, here and there. Um, they did enough for a good offense and a good special teams uh, to take advantage of and win the game based on that. But, you know, nothing special. This is not, you know, defense you anytime soon. Uh, I mentioned the special teams. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the offense. Um, there was a lot to, to talk about uh, in this kind of area. Uh, obviously, everybody's like looking at the quarterback play. Was it good? Was it bad? I give him a C minus. I thought he did great at times, but uh, some of that stat padding came uh, late when it didn't really matter. But I mean, you know, it it is good for everybody, right? Like they're not completely meaningless, but uh, you know, it wasn't going to win the game when North Texas. Ran out of time at the end of the game. I think they got the ball with 32 seconds. They still had a mathematical chance of winning the game. You know, you score a touchdown, get an onside kick, score another touchdown, you win it. But <clears throat> but by then, it was pretty much over. Um, I think what we can say about the entire offense is that it is really dependent on the quarterback's ability to hit wide-open runners over the top. And that's a good problem to have, like I said. Uh, Ani missed those dudes, and I think the ideal version of this offense is what we saw on that final scoring drive where he hit Greg White um, you know, on a, uh, on a streak down the right side and then floated a beauty to Deontay Simpson, who ran away from the defense on the left side. Like that's, that's the North Texas football that I think Seth Luttrell wants to see, that he's designing, that they're practicing, and that they probably see in practice. Right, that's what they're seeing. They're like, we're going to be so good. I'm excited about this weekend. And when those passes are not made, um, you know, on Saturdays, that's when you know Plan B needs to happen or something. I don't know. Like I said, I can understand all that happening. Um, this season's fan base hasn't seen that happen on the field. Right, we haven't seen that yet. Uh, only in spurts. But I'm still. I'm. I'm Bullish on that, I think, again, with time and development, they they will be pretty good. Uh, we saw similar things, and this is 
why I'm pretty bullish about it. We saw similar things in like 2016 um, when, you know, North Texas offense was bad. S South Latrell and uh, Graham Harrell's first year at North Texas was pretty bad. I think the offense, the yards per play were pretty terrible. They couldn't really execute on third down. They would make a lot of mistakes. And what should have been, you know, third and short was like third and long too often, right? And nobody's very successful doing that. Um, but you saw like the the ideas. You saw how they were this close to executing on some of those plays. Or if this player or that player were, you know, a little bit better, that, you know, that everything would be better. And it, it all culminated in that Rico Bussy, you know, showing out in the bowl game where, he was taking short passes and, and turning them into big gains. And we're like, hey, this offense is moving the ball. I see kind of what the air raid is supposed to be like. Um, so, you know, it took like getting like Jalen Guyton out there and having Rico Bussey and then Turner Smiley turning into a beast. And then, you know, Mason Fine started to look a lot better, right? Uh, sometimes it is the the guys you're thrown into that, that make you a better quarterback. Um, I, I really am excited about um, you know, Deontay Simpson, Jalen Darden, I think everybody knows, I think he's, he's a great player. Um, you know, uh, outside Austin Ogden making showed some things. He gets open. That's the thing. He's open. Uh, he, he took some bad paths to the ball. Uh, I think he dropped one bait. Well, he didn't drop it cause he didn't touch it, but he's there. You know, you rather have a receiver that's open like that than can't get open. Right. You can teach a guy to catch the ball. Um, you know, it's harder to teach him to get open. Um, you know, Greg White, he dropped a pass and, uh, you know, a quibble here. And this is the thing I was talking about, right? Like, I'm a guy, I'm a personal responsibility guy, but I also recognize, like, systemic effects on that personal responsibility, right? Um, just an aside, like, if you scheme it up and you're like, Adam, you're, what, six foot, uh, you know, 200-something pounds, go guard LeBron James, who's six eight, you know, two. 40 or something like that, right? Uh, go guard him, and, you know, that's what we need you to do to execute. Um, okay. I can do that. I can tell the coach, like, uh, this is a silly plan. He's just going to walk right by me and dunk it every time. Uh, are you sure this is what you got? And he could be like, you know, you just really need to buy in and execute the plan. And I can do it. I can execute the plan with, you know, 100% intensity and still come up short, right? Um, I think it's still my job to guard him, and, you know, I can still try to do my job to the best of my ability, and afterwards say, that was the stupidest plan ever, or you're not making it easy on us, you know, to try to win here, coach, what were you thinking? Putting me on LeBron James, right? So that's the extreme example to say that it's your job to catch the ball, Right? Like, if the ball is put in your area and your hands get on it, you need to catch it. If you had to dive to reach out and do it, that's your job, right? You're literally, your job title is wide receiver, like, you know, catcher of passes. So, if it's difficult to adjust to the, you know, different quarterbacks throwing the ball to you, if you're not quite comfortable with the spin of the ball from guy one or the spin of the ball from guy two or... This and the other, right? Like, hey, just, you know, um, it's hard to read. Um, my timing's off. I Perfectly understandable, right? That is the, hey, coach, I don't know if I'm going to be able to guard LeBron James. Your job still is to guard, and you still got to execute. 
um, in this part, I think I said this on Twitter, because um, I, I totally agree with it. I totally agree with the thing that, like, hey, let, we're not making it easier on our receivers if they have to adjust to two different quarterbacks. Um, you know, we need one guy to get all the rep, reps. It's yet another, you know, support uh, for for my theory that you just got to pick a guy. If neither is better than the other, then just pick one uh, so you can get some consistency for everybody else. Um, but that said, I do understand it. I do understand how these guys are maybe trying to adjust to the ball. Maybe we can, I don't want to say excuse, but maybe we can apportion some reason for them not catching the ball consistently uh, to that, right, in this game. Because right? Darden's a good receiver. He dropped one in the end zone. Uh, Greg White has caught some good passes. He dropped one in the end zone. Uh, and Ogan Macon, you know, kind of fell over uh, twice. You can get better on that with just practice. So I'm not overly concerned about that. Um, but you got to catch the ball. You got to catch the ball, right? If we're going to blame Ani for overthrowing guys by, you know, four feet uh, when they're wide ass open, uh, we can blame some of these guys for not catching the ball when it hit both of your hands, right? It's not even just like, oh, you didn't make a one-head catch. It hit you in the hands. Um, you know, or it should have hit you in the hands, because, but you faded away. Like you looked like you wanted to go out of bounds. Instead of going to the ball, right? Um, so those those are criticisms of the wide receivers. But overall, I'm impressed with their play. Uh, Deontay Simpson looks really good. He looks uh, like the next guy that's going to take a lot of the routes that uh, Jalen Darden's getting. Those uh, little post routes, skinny post routes, uh, those quick outs. Those little things you, that you're just like, you know what? I need the ball in his hands so you can go make a play. Uh, he caught a short pass, turned it upfield, made uh, some great moves. But he also is a speedster that so far this season he's caught two just streak route touchdowns, and uh, both were impressive. I like what he what he's shown a lot, and I'm really excited about you know his career here at North Texas. Uh, good things there, and I think we have to credit the coaching staff for recruiting these guys, developing them. Um, and then, you know, putting them in positions to win. So when we are criticizing Seth Luttrell and the whole offense, remember that portion of it too. Um, you know, same thing with the running backs. I don't think we have a bad running back on the depth chart. A lot of good there. I mean, we lost. Everybody's excited uh, about Oscar Attaway. He's out for medical reasons. Um, but Trey Siggers, again, last year's surprise entry into the running back room. You know, he was... Really solid again. He was really good. I think uh, there were some calls for him to to get some play again. Um, I mean, I I don't really think you can miss. The, everyone gives you something different, and you probably could make the argument that if you give one guy a few more reps, then maybe you know you maximize his production on the field. But I think there's something to kind of going with the hot hand with the running back. Um, but whatever. What I do see is uh, they were good. We saw some of that quality um Tory speed in space he scooted for a 34 yard touchdown um that's the classic scenario we saw Jeff Wilson do something similar like that when the team is having success throwing it wide the safeties get a little wider um you can get some some advantageous blocking matchups up front and then you just need a guy with speed to take advantage of all of that and that's DeAndre Tory and that's what he did uh good times um, what do I have here? I have another note. So, uh, friend of the show, Billy, he was saying, yeah, you know, he had took some issues with the play calling. Like, I don't really like trying to get into, you know, play calling to get to third and short. 
uh, I think was his contention. Like, let's chuck it deep um, earlier, try to get the first down on first and second down. Um, sure, I guess. I I think that's a quibble. I don't really have a, a, a huge problem with Seth Luttrell's play calling. Um, you know, it, it's difficult to know what a guy's thinking at all points in time, right? Because we're only getting a glimpse on the day. Uh, the development of a game plan is a week-long process and probably just even a year-long process if you're talking about all aspects of it. But it takes into account what you think the defense is going to give you, what you think your guys can execute, and, you know, what you feel in the moment on game day, right? So um, all of those are happening at the same time. You're like, you know what, we've really worked on these plays um, and of those plays that I feel really good about, I think that, you know, two of them would be really successful. In this moment, though, we probably could use a play that would get us, you know, eight yards. But, you know, I think that this play that beats most of the criteria that's designed to kind of get us a nice five-yarder is the ideal play call, right? Like, that happens, and you're kind of balancing a lot of different, um, you know, criteria in there. Again, overall, I'm, I I see what Seth Luttrell is trying to do. Um, you know, he's like, let's open up the defense by you know establishing the run a little bit, like showing them that we're gonna we're gonna try to run against you, or maybe they saw some things that they liked, some matchups that they liked. Sometimes the run game, you know, was designed up to get eight yards there because of the matchups, right? but it only got three because of the execution. So what do you do, right? Do you stay on schedule? Like, hey, if this run, based on that defense, should get us about five yards, and then we'll run this play and get a first down, right, right after that. But that play, I don't know, slips, and now you only get one yard. Well, now you got to go to your next play. Again, what is a play that our guys can execute, feel comfortable executing? What are the defense um, showing us in this moment? And, you know, like, what do we think could be successful against them, right? Also, that will get us, keep us on schedule. Um, you know, you want a play that's going to get you a first down, yeah. But, you know, you could just chuck it deep every time. That'll, you know, how successful is that? Again, that's the thing. We can line up, throw it deep to uh, Ogan Macon, Shorter, and, um, and Darden three times in a row, 20 yards down the field. But the likelihood that one of those is going to get complete is lower, right? And so what you don't want is those quick three and outs. Like, well, we did we moved four seconds off the clock on our drive and then had to punt. So you're balancing a lot of factors in there. And um, you know, I think I think it's obviously okay to be a little bit more more aggressive early uh in the game than late. Um it's also kind of a balance on, you know, it, it is entertainment. You want to give your fans some entertainment, so you don't always want to just run it to the line, but I understand why they would do that sometimes, even though I don't always like it. Whatever. I'll, I'll put that aside. I, I think that, I think I was a 9 of 15 or something. Overall good third down conversions. Um, they got a lot of third and shorts. I think um, I wrote about one or two of the drives where they converted five third downs, and like four of them were third and short, or third and medium at worst. And then one of them was a third and long. Fact is, you have to convert on third and long sometimes, right? Um I mentioned that before about like players and things like um sometimes you just have to make a play, right? The and yeah. I said this recently about the defense, like, well, nobody's getting dominated on any of these plays, 
but nobody's winning their matchup. And sometimes you just have to do a better job, right? Sometimes, you know what, yeah, the guy's blocking you. You need to get off your block, fly up there, make a tackle. Because um, if not, then the play is going to get six yards every time, right? So same kind of deal. Like, um, you know, sometimes you just have to do a better job, right? Like um, the offense needs to make a play. Uh, they need to get a first down, and sometimes it's third and ten, and yeah, it's difficult because they're guarding you, and there's going to be, I don't know, double coverage, or the throw's going to be difficult, or you're going to get hit when you catch the ball. That's what you need to win. You need to be able to make that play. Right? That's what you need. You need to be able to make that play. Um, so putting that aside, I think the, you know just I think Seth Luttrell is doing a fine job uh, as offensive coordinator. I think his overall CEO head coach job is is where we're lacking again because the special teams, and again because the defense, um, non good. Um, all right, let's let's talk about two glaring errors. Right, speaking of mistakes, the refs were pretty bad. That's pretty par for the course in Conference USA. Um, they missed. I don't know how they missed. Maybe they didn't have the video. I don't know. And I know, like, A.J. Hawk was like, yeah, I ran into the video coordinator while I was in the restroom. I didn't hear him come back with that. Maybe I was distracted because uh, my kids were asking me a question. What did he say? Because uh, I didn't hear anything. Any, There's no follow-up there. He, We didn't see, we didn't hear anything um, that indicated that they shouldn't have saw what we saw. Uh, I will say, though, that uh, I don't see, I didn't see that, that, that uh, our game, as a replay on like Fox Sports Go or any of those things, but I do see the game before it, the UAB, uh, uh, you know, UTSA game. So I don't know. Maybe there was some weirdness with the broadcast. I do not know. Um, how did you miss that that clear and obvious uh, fumble by Frank Gore Jr.? I don't know. How do you uh, let the clock run? I don't know. There's some, I know some people had some complaints about the the clock at Apogee and first downs in the and first downs in the last two minutes. But what we can think, what we can say about the refs is that they were bad. We know they're going to be bad. It's a whole thing. Conference USA refs are bad. Um, it's a thing you have to play through. That didn't cost North Texas a game. Like I said before, I think you know football is a series of moments from you know your preparation on Monday all the way to, uh, you know, game day in the last second of the of the game. And um, some moments are more important than the, than the others. Like, that would have really helped North Texas. Uh, that would have stopped U, uh, USM a little bit. But, I mean, that's not going to change the game, right? Like, North Texas got an interception and they punted the ball. Who's to say that North Texas would have done anything with it other than get a three and out, right? Maybe Ani fumbles a snap. We don't know. Um the, like I said, I think you can you worry about what you can control. Like you can make a complaint, send it to Conference USA, uh, this, that, and the other, and say, you know, we really would like a better standard of refereeing in this league. You know, do all that. Uh, that is the thing to do, right? But leave that to uh, to Ren Baker and, and whoever else. Like I don't want the coaches complaining about that. Um, what the coaches should do is make them better football players so that way when they, uh, you know, so that way when they get screwed by the refs, it doesn't matter so much, right? So that aside, uh, I'm not going to complain too much about the refereeing, which I thought was whack. But, I mean, again, what are you going to do about it? There's nothing to do. 
right? You well, you just not going to play or just get better at yelling at the ref on the sideline. Um, you know, it, it is for the conference to improve, but uh, what North Texas can improve is their run fits, you know, uh, is their defensive line play. Um, is their quarterback play on deep throws. Like, those are the things you can control um, and, you know, increase your reliability on executing those plays. Right now, if we call, you know, a streak route, North Texas is hitting 1 out of 10, and that needs to be, you know, you know, 7 out of 10. Uh, that would be great. That's a goal to, to aim for. That's something to improve. And, you know, until North Texas at that point, you know, I think complaining about the refereeing is just an excuse. It's a distraction. Um, so I'm not going to really say too much about it other than to say, yeah, I thought it was lame. But it's not much anyone could do about it. All right, moving on. Uh, you know, we'll do a little preview podcast on Wednesday. Hopefully that's the plan. Uh, next up is Charlotte, who's a good squad, as everybody knows. Um, you know, North Texas lost to Charlotte last week, uh, last season, in that little epic game. That's pretty much when Jair Shorter, you know, showed out. Uh, so he doesn't get a return thing because he broke an ankle. Uh, says the source inside the Mean Green Athletic Department. Uh, says to MeanGreenNation.com. Uh, but yeah, they said that uh, two or three months, um, pretty much out the season, and uh, you know, be back next year. Uh, Shorter was really coming into his own. He didn't really get to do too much this season because of you know, like I said, the quarterback play. Uh, but I think everybody likes him because he's a big body. He's fast. He can get down the field, create some matchup problems. The idea was to you know, let him get deep, um, stretch the field. Uh, cause havoc that way and open it up underneath for everybody else. Um, Greg White gonna have to step up. Austin Ogan Macon gonna have to set uh, step up. Um, I think like Roger Burns is still in the rotation. Those guys gonna have to step up. Uh, you know, like you expect some attrition in a uh, in a football season, so this is not so surprising. But it is tough. Yeah, everybody liked uh, Jair Shorter, like what he's doing so far. Um, he has a lot of potential still. Um, and I think everybody's excited to see him reach that. But right now, you know, it is what it is. Uh, in terms of Jair, I mean, Jair, Jalen Darden uh, record watch, he is moving up the charts. He had a score again. He had 100 yards receiving, I think like 10 or 12 catches. Uh, like I said, I apologize. I don't have the, the stats in front of me like I usually do. Um, what are you going to do? Um, you know, overall impression of the game. I, I think there were some takeaways throughout, like, eh, you know, North Texas is terrible, fire the dude, uh, hire Mike Canales because he loved Denton. I mean, those are not really, to, to me, reasonable or feasible. I don't think that Seth Luttrell is undeserving of the raises he got because I understand that it's not just a reward for wins and losses. It's also, um, you know, a market thing, right? If you want to keep Seth Luttrell, then you have to pay the Seth Luttrell market rate. And he did make a name for himself by taking North Texas to a couple bowl games, uh, improving the offense here, 
and you know turning the program around. Um, he did right. North Texas got some shine. Seth Luttrell was in the running for the Mississippi State job. I think he turned that one down, and the Kansas State job. And he had some leverage, and he was like, "Yeah, I want to hire all my staff." And they were like, "Kansas State was like, nah. How about no? How about you know we tell you who to hire?" And he was like, "All right, well, I'm gonna stay at North Texas." It's all within his rights. Um, you know, he had the highest leverage at the time, so it makes sense. I do not begrudge him for accepting, you know, pay raises. If somebody wants to give me an extension and a raise, I'm going to take it. But I think it does come with some scrutiny because uh, he's not, well, the lowest paid coach in the league anymore. He gets to say highest or the second highest. I forget where he falls. I know um, Bill Clark got a raise. Uh, befitting his stature now. But basically it goes, hey, you get paid like the best coach in this league, so we expect best coach in this league results. Um, I think that's fair. I don't think any of that is, you know, doing him wrong, doing him unfairly, or any of those things. And I think, you know, like I said, it's the same kind of deal, right? If you're the coach, you get to say things throughout the day, like we expect these are expectations. There's a standard here. We, ex-, you know, like all these things, like that, basically say, "Hey, we're going to challenge you, and we're going to make you uncomfortable, and we we expect you to be better because of it." Right. So when we, as a sporting fandom, and like by extension, I guess like the administration and all that, when they say, "Hey, Seth." We expect there's a standard here. We expect more. We expect you this, and we're going to hold you to it, and we think you're going to be better for it, right? Same stuff. I don't think it's unreasonable, right? And I'm not saying that self-control is shrinking from the spotlight or any of this stuff, but what I'm saying is that I don't think that it's unreasonable or unfair to, you know, hold him to expectations, right? He's a public employee, you know, for goodness sake, right? Um, So none of that's unreasonable. I don't think we're doing anything wrong saying, Hey, dude, uh, do a little bit better out here and in these specific areas, right? Um, but I also think it's on us to understand the constraints put upon him, right? You know, we, we have to understand the job. We have to understand the situation so we can reasonably uh, judge him. It's just no different than if you're, you know, I don't know, a web developer and somebody's like, how come you're not fixing this? Or this this code has bugs in it? And you're like, look, all code has bugs in it. Like, no, that's unre- like, this guy's being unreasonable. If you know anything about software development, then you know, blah, 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 right? So same kind of deal. I think we have to understand the challenges of coaching, of recruiting uh, at North Texas, in Conference USA, etc. And I think that, you know, Ren Baker and company have done a great job making it easier for Seth Luttrell to do his job, right? They're like, you know what? Recruiting budget's terrible. Let's improve it. Um, you know, like just the budget scenario is terrible. Let's improve it. Right, let's raise the standard of North Texas athletics and in particular the football team and make it easier for coaches to come in here and be successful, right? So they're not having to, you know, make silly decisions. They could just they can uh, you know, focus on what on improving a player at football and in life and his men, etc. Primarily at football. Recruiting players to that are good at football already and have high potential to be good football players, and not ancillary stuff, right? Not none of this other stuff that's gonna maybe you know like well I don't know um, we're gonna have to do a makeshift weight day because the weight room's busted. None of that, right? They could just focus, go in, and do their job. Um, I think 
I think Seth Luttrell in his time here has seen lots of improvement in those areas. And then, you, you know, you can't really do too much else. Um, I know. So criticize him. But uh, what does it ultimately mean, I think? And I've said this before. Are we saying fire the dude? No. That, I think that's the worst case scenario, right? You don't, again, it's like the quarterback thing. You don't pull him every time he makes a mistake, right? Um, that's part of improving as a as a player. So, no, you don't pull a head coach and just replace him with somebody new every time just because that's the lever you can pull. Uh, but you need to set expectations and coach them up, right? So really and truly, you know, this is, say, this is the part where I, it, it's difficult to me for me because I've never been in an athletic department. I've never had to say, hey, coach, your defensive coach sucks. How are you going to fix it? Um, you know, like what are reasonable expectations to set? But I can, I think you can say, hey, look, Seth, uh, we're like the worst defensive team in the league. Uh, in you know x amount of categories and i'd like to see some improvement in those areas what do you need to make that happen right uh and then seth if he's like well you know i just need the budget to hire a new guy well you can say cool you gave him the money whatever you hired a new guy but now we're at the point where he fired the last guy he hired this guy not a whole lot of improvements made so um i think it's reasonable for him to have set a timeline like yeah you know we expect this defense to be improved you know by mid-year given the pandemic everything maybe even just you know a couple games after that and we should see improvements in these specific areas right we're not going to just dominate all of a sudden because we have the same players but we should see better execution on you know in these kinds of plays uh in this kind of scenario um you know guys not running into each other you know benny hill style that those are reasonable expectations right those are like if anybody of you have worked in as a corporate office or anything like this, this is not doesn't sound weird to you because this is how like normal stuff works, right? Um, you know, key performance indicators. The whole thing is just to keep everybody accountable and on track, and have clear communication. So that way, you don't have situations where a guy goes in and says, "You know, I, I thought I did a great job this this quarter," and the other guy's like, "Nah, man, you did a terrible job." Uh, it shouldn't be news to anybody if anybody's doing a terrible job going in. You say, "Hey." I'm going to judge you on your job by these things, right? Do you come in on time? But I'm just making things up. You come in on time. Um, do you, you know, make X amount of sales, um, you know, or write X amount of TPS reports, right? Cool. Well, if any at any point in time you encounter impediments to those things, like, you know what? I know I'm being held to the standard to make X amount of sales, but a pandemic hit, so nobody's coming to the shop, buddy. So I'm not going to really be able to hit these numbers. And then the guy says, yeah, 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 that's right. I understand. We'll adjust those numbers. It was going to be at, you know, three sales a day. Now we're going to say, you know, three sales a month or something. I don't know, right? You adjust accordingly. Um, same deal, right? Um, you know, hey, I know you said I need three TPS port reports a day, but my computer's busted, so I'm not going to, it's not going to happen. I'm either going to have to make those up or whatever, right? Again, you adjust to the information in front of you. So when it comes to review day, nobody's surprised. Um, so same kind of deal. I don't know what standards are set for the defense, for the offense, that kind of stuff. Um, like the contract performances are like, you know, hey, make a bowl game or these these kinds of things. But in terms of reviewing the performance, I'm sure it includes like, you know, are these kids graduating? Are there, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, 
but whatever. For us, what we can set, what we try to do when we're doing a season preview or a game preview, those kinds of things, is to set those expectations. I thought, all told, North Texas was not that far off from what we expected. They were able to move the ball fairly well. They defended uh, in spots, but uh, you know we didn't see tremendous improvement defensively, and we didn't really expect to. Uh, but we also thought that Southern Miss didn't really have the offensive firepower that SMU had, and so you know we're not going to see so many touchdowns. But the overall, the team underperformed, right? Special teams shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, on three occasions, got a click, kick block, punt muffed, uh, kickoff return muffed. So those ain't good. And then, uh, you know, offensively, some mistakes, but I thought, you know, again, it was right about where we where we wanted. Um, no no turnovers through the air, but turnovers on the ground, can't have that. Right. Fumble, uh, two fumbles. Those are just self-inflicted wounds. And, um, you know, I think those are the areas to improve in. North Texas has a week before they take on Charlotte, who has only played three games, uh, had a long layoff, looked okay against uh, you know FAU, but then got kicked in the mouth in the third quarter. Um, they're a good team. They have a good offense, haven't really established a run game, but when they want to, they can run the ball, they can score pretty quickly, and we saw that last season. North Texas is not going to be uh, handed a, an easy win in that one, but it should be about the same level as this uh, Southern Miss game, I think. So um, it's a good week-to-week comparison, I think. Um, That's what we'll see. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed the show, please let me know. Uh, Send me an email, leave a review, uh, tweet at me on iTunes. Um, You know, we appreciate all the feedback, good or bad. Uh, You know, again, like I said, we, we can't improve. If you're complaining to your mom that this podcast sucks, that doesn't do me any good, right? I don't know. I don't know that you think it's terrible. So let me know if you think it's terrible and, and tell me why, and, and I'll tell you whether or not I think I will improve that or I don't care. Um, <laughs> and uh, if you think it's great, let me know, right? Like sometimes I also need like, you know, this is good. I know some people say, hey, we like when you guys do this. We don't like when you guys do that. Um, that has been helpful. We we take into account. And, you know, like I said, we we adjust accordingly. I can tell you right now, and just this is all bonus stuff. You can turn this off. I'm not gonna talk football right here. I'm just gonna be very inside, inside Mean Green. I've had some people say, you know, I really would like it to be more of a like a radio show. Like, hey guys, we're at the top of the hour. We're gonna talk a lot of Mean Green football, and uh, you know, like first the offense. What are you know, like that kind of deal, and or you know, like music or something like that. And I think those are fine. I've done a lot of podcasts in uh, in my short time in this world. I'm somewhat embarrassed to say. And I've tried a lot of different things, uh, you know, and I think what I've found is that sports podcasts like this one have a very short life, right? Uh, just off the top of your head, how how many podcasts have you listened to about week three of the 2018 college football season? I imagine it's very, very little, right, past that week. So um, I think reducing the amount of effort, I don't want to say effort, but just resources expended in the creation of a podcast episode that has a very short life, uh, you know, makes it easier. So that means I'm not going to do a whole lot of music. Um, it takes a lot of editing. Uh, and you'll hear some kind of 
you know, mistakes in here, misspeaks, uh, things that could be edited out or improved. I'll leave them in, again, because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. There's not a lot of value in improving that stuff. We put a lot of time into making the podcast sound good enough up front, uh, sometimes to the detriment of the schedule. I think, uh, you know, we'll schedule a recording at like 9 a.m. and then at 9.30 I'm still trying to fiddle with some settings to make sure, you know, Aldo sounds good or, or I don't, you know, I'm not blasting your ears out. So things like that have value, but up to a certain point after the fact, they don't. Um, like I, I did another podcast for a while and on that one I spent a lot more time doing that because it, there was a lot of re-listens and so it made sense to make it as good as it could be uh, I edited it for like you know four hours or something like that so um, that's the thing um, the other part is that I like per, uh, personally some of the podcasts that are a little bit more conversational um, and not so radio driven where you know there's like a, a hit a reset uh, you know, like a top, which is all these kinds of things that they're a little formulaic and can be distracting. Those work in terrestrial radio when, you know, like your audience changes. I think it's like every 15 minutes, right? You get in a car, you drive, you turn it on. They're like, hey, guys, we're talking Cowboys here on the, you know, the whatever. Like Dak Prescott, whatever. And then reset. Hey, so Dak Prescott again, blah, blah, blah. You had a hot take. Well, my hot take is this. And so it's like an incremental ad. Um, throughout the day, right? You have a three-hour radio show, but the actual radio show is maybe an hour and 15 minutes. Um, you know, there's a lot of repeats and ad reading, right? So we keep it to an hour. I think it's plenty. And um, we also, you know, like I said, I, I, I try to keep it conversational. Like you're listening to two friends talk, and maybe you feel like you're joining the conversation too. Uh, and so that I know it's kind of weird, so... That you, you sometimes want to jump in, uh, and I've had some people just talk to me, like picking up the conversation midway. But I kind of I don't know exactly what you're talking about there. They're like, hey, you know how you were saying that the blah blah blah. I'm like, uh, you'll have to remind me of what I said because I, I forgot it. Um, but I like that. You know, I mean, I think that's good. And you know, like I said, uh, I like talking on Twitter so I can pick up some of the things. I know what you guys are, are saying, um, so that way I can kind of respond to it, right? And and I try to respond to a lot of things um i mentioned last week on the radio on radio on the show that a uh, friend of the show billy was he was going to go to the game and he you know we didn't get his feedback for the show to figure out if it was going to be you know entertaining or whatever he tweeted at me he let me know what happened uh he said yeah it was good he had a good time but he felt like the corridors um you noticed a lot of people weren't really adhering to the social distancing as he would have liked, right? Uh, not a lot of mask wearing in the hallways and people not taking the extra effort to be six feet apart. I don't know how the, how it was this time, right, in this game, so let me know. Uh, but that, that kind of conversation, that kind of back and forth is what we're aiming for here. That's how we do it. Um, and, you know, like I said, that's, that's the standard that we're set. It's intentional. Uh, we try to do a good show for you guys, uh, for us, I guess that did. Nobody else is talking mean green stuff, um, and except us. So you know, we want to we want to make it as good as we could be, as close as we as we would like it to be, but also within reasons, right? Like I still have a job, I still have family. Um, you know, like we can only do that. That's why, you know, we open up memberships and things so that way you can support the show, like basically contribute to it, and guarantee its ongoing. You know. 
concern. Uh, otherwise, you know, like I said, it's at the mercy of whether or not I can, you know, support it and do it myself, right? Um, that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, again, thanks for listening to the show. And uh, go me green. <laughs>